A priest, his brother, and a married guy walk into a podcast to discover the deepest truths of our day. If you're a seeker of ancient wisdom, interdimensional museums, and the Baltimore Catechism, then this is not the show for you. You're listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. And it starts right now. Episode number 59 of the Untitled Catholic Podcast. Yeah, you you need to put a nine. Is that right? Did I hear a niner in there? A niner. 59er. So we are one podcast away from 60. Divide that by 10. Yes, and you have to figure that 10 of those were recorded within the span of a little more than two and a half months. Yeah. But I was going to say. We only missed three weeks yeah, of recording. Just because I was getting my, uh, my license, you know? That means 15 episodes till we have to do something very special, right? Because we, we did something very special for episode 25 and for 50. For every 25 episodes. But 100 has to be live. 100 has to be live. We cannot record, even if we call it 101, 102, 103. 100 has to be live. It has to be, to be live. live at like, like at a parish event or something. Where I think I feel like I know two guys that can make that happen. But what do I know? I'm just a doctor. Not o- not only that, not only that, but with all the social distancing, we won't feel as bad when nobody comes. We'll just say we were limited by the amount of people we can hold. There you go. Whenever it happens, by that time, we could say, "Well, that's that's why only six people came." Because we got a built-in excuse for having it be poorly attended. Yeah. Either either way, we'll <laughs> say there would have been a lot more people if there was a vaccine. Even if there is a vaccine, that'll be the excuse. Well, apparently some doctor in Canada has an anti-body uh, drug that can prevent you from getting, uh, that can treat you once you get sick. Really? Mm-hmm. And then Oxford's saying in September they'll have a vaccine, but all I know is the NHL is announcing that they're coming back. I can't which wait. Means the NBA, I don't even like hockey, and, and I can't wait. Yeah, the NBA will be back shortly after. Are they doing then, the 24 playoff tournament format? Yes. That's, it's, that's awesome. Yes. I think he's coming on soon to discuss it. 30 With minutes that being from, said, when we're, from right now, in this moment, but not probably when you listen. No. <laughs> right. Um, did you guys watch the match with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning? I watched Manning? parts of it, but not a lot. I don't like golf enough to care. Yeah. Did I you watch it, Nolan? No, I don't like golf. I found it. I mean, I, I guess I like golf more than you guys, but I found it very entertaining. Because Tom Brady's the best quarterback to ever play the game of football, and he was not doing well on the golf course, and it was that awesome. is fun. I could see getting into that for that very reason. And he he hit one really good shot, and then we picked a, when he went to go pick the ball up, he ripped his pants. I definitely enjoyed I uh, Eli Manning's tweeting about it. That's for sure. Eli Manning's a must follow on Twitter. Oh my I've gosh! Decided. Who knew? I mean, I know he was good on SNL and everything, but who know knew he had it in him to do to be like this? So this is this is a random thought, but Sean was saying, sorry, Father Sean was talking about a app called Cameo. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, we were. That's from about you, Nolan. This. That's that was my yeah, fault. We, I got him down that rabbit hole for a while. You could hear my dog barking in the background. But I, yes. I I started looking last night, Father Sean. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Tell the people right? what it is. How many of those people would you spend that money on? I mean, I, I probably I would spend 
there were some ones that were like two hundred fifty dollars that would be worth it. It's like Stanley from the Office. Get... Well, Nolan. First of all, he Nolan, was... explain explain what it is first. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure most people know what it is, but it, it's it's a app that allows you to um, you pay money to have a famous person, quote unquote, famous person record um a video message for you for somebody or for yourself so either and i think depending on who it is what they are willing to do changes but for the most part it'd be something like you would do for somebody's birthday their favorite actor or musician or artist again these are like b and c and d level celebrities um but um there there are good ones that people would really get a kick of getting a, a greeting from so if I, I'm just gonna say names, all right. I'll say say you have a thousand dollar budget to spend on this. Mm. It's like Who, a fantasy draft. It's not my go, money. It say it's not your money. Say yeah, some okay. say the government came back out and gave another stimulus just for cameo. Okay. And you could pick four celebrities, so two fifty each, four random celebrities. Who would you pick? Oh, that, that, they don't do necessarily have to on be there? on. No, but like like the quality of person on there. Bill Murray would be my first pick. Is he that on was cameo? Be mine too. No, no. I, I thought about that too. I actually searched him just in some faint hope that he was somehow on there. I <laughs> would actually use my whole budget to get him. All right, so say he's five hundred dollars. We're all in agreement. We spent five hundred dollars on Bill Murray. You get two more for two fifty each. Who? Christopher Walken would be at my other one. Christopher Walken, I think, would be two fifty. So that's a good one. That's a, that is a good one. The Pee Wee one is pretty great. As yeah, long he's as he's as long as he is Pee Wee Herman. Like I don't want a message from Paul Rubens. I want Pee Wee. No, you <laughs> want Pee Wee. He gets it. He did some of the Pee Wee voice on there. Okay. I'm trying to use the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I I think uh, Sean Astin is good. Ah, no, I take that back. I mean, that's someone from the Goonies. I'd rather have Chunk or Data. Yeah, yes. Data would be fun. Data is like Data is like a like hundred bucks. I bet he wouldn't be over a hundred bucks. No, no, I don't think so. This is literally like a fantasy like football draft with like a budget for a daily fantasy league. And and I, I think that they, they keep adding people. Yeah, and now more people are doing it for like COVID relief. Oh, and by the way, Mike Tyson is on it now, and that would be a really good one to do if you had the money to burn. My defense. Mike is Tyson's a good one. My offense is tyrannical. I'm going to eat your children. What about like a, I mean, having a guy like Mike Piazza would be awesome. Yeah, that would be cool. I I, I even like Louis Guzman. <laughs> <laughs> I have him call up John McQuaid and say, I heard you got a new house, but you got to make sure you make it flat like paper. Flat like paper. I, I, yeah, who who else would you think, Nolan? I'm thinking, man. It's it's hard to with to say. So it it's anybody though, right? It doesn't have to be somebody like uh, who's actually on cameo right now. Yeah, anyone. Um, 
You know, I was just trying to think of funny ones that like people like would like just like lose it if it was like obviously um Rick Flair is on there, right? Yeah, he's like five hundred bucks. I, I don't know. Every time that guy opens his mouth, I'm afraid he's gonna have a heart attack. Though, so I'd be I'd be worried that he was gonna be like, "Woo!" and then croak. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want feeling, that on my conscience. But I have a feeling like if that would be the way he would want to go, wooing. <laughs> yes, wooing all the way to heaven, wooing to heaven. Uh, I did say that on there. Chocolate rain. That one's good. Um. I would have loved Rest in Peace, but Ernest would have been a, a great one. Yeah. Oh, that would have been a great one. Yeah, for sure. What about like a, a Marv Albert? Yes. His son is on there. Kenny Albert's on there. <laughs> really? <laughs> nobody nobody yeah. wants him. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's probably 40 bucks, Kenny Albert. <laughs> I think. He was like 70, I think. You know what? So. Little sidebar, I don't know if you know this, but on the radio yesterday in the in the WFAN Joe and Evan spot was Susan Waldman and Howie Rose. It was like two worlds combined, colliding, and they were doing the show together. But Howie Rose would be really funny. It would be really cool to do as a Met fan. Hi, I'm Howie Rose. Or well, Howie or Rose Gary or Gary Joe Cohen. Beningo. Yeah. I would be happy with Joe Beningo. What I would do is oh, Francis would budget be budget it correctly. Francesa you would, would want Francesa? Oh gosh, okay. I would love it. It would be so. You just know you'd get it back. It would not be anywhere close to like what you paid, like what he gave you. Yeah. So uh, no, happy no, birthday, no, no. whatever. I mean, it's your birthday, so your birthday. I mean, I've, I have. We all have birthdays, I've, so I mean, it's not a big deal. I have a birthday like every year. I mean, I, I've, I've had, I've had like sixty-something birthdays now. I don't know what's a big deal, but no, uh, it's our own anyway. Uh, happy birthday, whatever. Let me, let me let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. That geo is short on ability. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I recommend. I recommend people check the app out, but probably don't spend your money on it. Yeah, I would. I would want to do it where if I had a thousand dollars, I would want one big person and then a bunch of like little people that you don't know their names, but you just remember the movies that they're in. You watch. It's yeah. Gonna become though, it's gonna become one of those things that like at first everybody's like, who would ever pay money for somebody to do that? What a waste of money! And in like ten years, it's gonna be something that we've all done once or twice before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did for, it once. For yeah. Father Charles Cacavalli, I spent money to get that woman from YouTube, Sweet Brown. And nobody got time for that. I got her to make two 15-second videos for him. And I spent more than people who were actually famous on there. I also made everyone who wanted to watch his reaction give me money. So I ended up not spending all that much money. But... <laughs> Yeah, that was is, pre-cameo. You had to go yeah, through, what was, was her agent's name? Sparkle? Sparkel, Sparkel Adams. <laughs> nice. But so I, Sounds I like a movie definitely. character. Crazy times. I'm going to hire Tay for somebody, just so you know. Who is that? Chocolate, Chocolate Rain. You ever hear oh, that okay. video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want him to say, like, I heard you're going on a road trip. Be safe and make sure your wipers are working to prevent the chocolate rain. That's what I want him to say. I don't know if he takes requests like that. He must. I mean, if you're paying someone for a specific line or something, they must yeah. say what you're what you ask. 
he he said it said on there he usually gets back to you within four hours, which means he doesn't have a lot going on before that. <laughs> Isn't it funny that it says that? Like some people, it's like three days or like a week, and then you have people that said it gets back to you immediately. So like Tayzande is pocketing it. It's not going to COVID with Tayzande. I I don't think so. But if it's like you pay, I don't know who are some of the bigger ones. I saw some big athletes. That's going to COVID. Yeah, I think that people who are super famous and it seems like they should be charging a lot more money. I think those people are doing it for COVID. Someone like Will Ferrell would be great if he was doing it. Oh, Will Ferrell would be great. I'm John trying to. John Lovitz I'm, was very funny. Oh, John. That Lovitz one's a, great. That John Lovitz here. That's a good one. Time to make the donuts and time to die. <laughs> I tried to spin this to be Catholic, but I got nothing. If you, who would be your cameo saints that you would pick? That's what I was thinking, but I'm like, eh. That, I don't even. See, I actually think there's a market for like Catholic celebrities, like like a Father Mike Schmitz, a Bishop Barron, like people would people would pay money. But the problem is that they would be really bad for them to accept money to do something like that. Well, if they well, did it yeah. for like a charity, yes. A Catholic cameo. Like, Hi, this I, is Father Mike Schmidt, and I'm calling to wish Karen a happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know people who love Bishop Barron and his work and, like, follow Word on Fire. Like, they would go crazy for, like, a personalized message from him. Let's call think, up Ike and get him in on this. Yeah. I think the new, the new goal go is Club Cathio. For, <laughs> Yeah, our, our new goal should be that our podcast success, is successful enough that someone will, would pay us $10 to call their friend. That's how you know you've made it. That's the metric now. If someone don't, won't, if in five years, if by episode 100, if people wouldn't pay us $10 to leave a voicemail, then what was the, I what definitely was the point know of people all? that would pay us $10 to leave a voicemail, but it's sad. Those are sad people. <laughs> they're, don't, don't call them sad. They're, don't, they're the few people listening. No, it's not necessarily people who listen to this. It's just be, someone who's listening to this might know somebody who would pay us $10 to have them call, even if that person doesn't listen. They just know who we are. And by us, it probably means just you, Father Sean. But it would be, and it would be like, a, like a high school kid, right? It would be like some high school kid, and I feel like we'd be stealing his money. Oh, no, he would that think would it be would awful. Be, it would, he would think it would be cool for us to call his friend. Oh, my friend loves you guys. Here's $10. And I'd be like, I would have just called the guy for free. That's the thing. Yeah. The Catholic cameo thing wouldn't work because people would feel bad. Like, we we would get the right people involved, and the, and most of them would feel bad enough to say, like, I can't charge for this. <laughs> so it wouldn't make it. But if it, went to, like, if it went to a charity or something, I feel like you could. Yeah, like getting our churches up and running or something like that. Right. I I I, th- I think I think there's there's an idea here. I mean, Speaking people of, pay money to go to dinner with their parish priests at like fundraisers and stuff. Or That's do true. they just take the and take their priest out and pay for it? Is that what you mean? No, it's like you you're you bid on a dinner and like the priest will come over and cook for you or something like that. Oh, like the cooking priest? Father Leo A.K.A. the cooking priest. Um, Were you going to attempt to pronounce his last name? Yeah. I was going to say Patagonia, but those are those uh, 
Brother Leo, <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say something that was going to somewhat connect all this, and I forgot. Nice oh, speak, speaking of uh, churches opening, my parish will be opening this weekend. So if you decide, mass? yeah, I'm good to go. And hopefully I get in because they're going to cap it. But if you're interested in hearing my experience, listen next week. How about that? How about that? Nice uh, cliffhanger there. Thank you. Speaking of mass, Father Sean, um, our new consistent segment of Where's the Homily, um, do you remember? The the segment should be someone that went to your mass if they could remember your homily, but we won't do that. But do you remember what you said for your homily this past Sunday? I remember some of it. Why don't you share? I think... One of the things that I was talking about were as looking at the um, first reading and all the apostles are, are kind of in the upper room waiting for the descent of the Holy Spirit. I talked about like John um, Pope Benedict's how he just talked about how all of our plans when it comes to church things are nothing if it's not coming from the Holy Spirit. So as Catholics, when it comes to what we're planning on doing, how we want to evangelize, how we want to get people to know Jesus, all of these kind of things. Everything in our life should be a mixture of prayer and action, right? We, we, we can't wait forever and we can't never do something, right? We have to, we, we can't just do things and we can't plan forever. And I think that we can have a tendency sometimes, at least I know myself, to be a perfectionist and I want to have everything ready before I go to do something um, and then that which becomes a problem because then it never gets done and then you have other people who jump in feet first and then are like uh, what am I gonna do now because they're already too they're already too far in so we want to have that balance of you know what am I supposed to be doing and and figuring out how uh, you know how to do what you need to do but also to actually do the things that you need to do. That planning can't be an end in and of itself, right? Like one of the things, the church is a big place, so we have the temptation to have a lot of meetings and stuff. I know in, in, in a parish situation, like they have like the liturgy committee and the parish committee and this committee and that committee. And you could have all these committees and sometimes you could have so many committees that nothing ever gets done because nobody agrees on anything. And then, you know, you can have a pastor who doesn't have any committees and then just does things and people get upset and mad because they didn't want that. And I, I remember hearing a story, um, but I don't remember enough of the story to reveal too much information to get anyone in trouble. So that's good. But basically, it was a story of uh, uh, from a pastor when, one of the first years that he was the pastor at a place, like I said, I don't remember what priest it was. I don't remember what parish it was, but I know that he, at this point he's a priest for a long time. And he went in and and he got rid of something, and everybody got mad because he just he saw immediately that it didn't seem like there was any use for it, and thinking that nobody would have cared. And when he got rid of it, everyone was like, "We love this," so we brought it back, and it was like better than ever. It's kind of like that episode of The Office where uh, Jim is like in charge for the day. So he says we're having all the birthdays in one day and then they can't agree on what kind of cake to have and everyone's mad at him. <laughs> like, you know, you could go too far too fast and then, or you can never do anything. So part of uh, receiving the Holy Spirit is to, um, you know, 
pray, but also act in the way that we're asked to. And then with that, everything we do is for God. And that's how I connected it to the gospel, that, you know, everything that we do is for God. This was for the seventh Sunday of Easter. So if you're listening to this like months later or weeks later or days later or whatever, that's you could go back to those readings and take what I said and do whatever you want with them. What would you say is practical advice for discerning what may be something from the Holy Spirit or what may be something that you think is good? Well, the first thing is, is it something that's good, right? Is it something that's a good thing? If there's anything that's questionable about it, right, like immoral or anything like that, you don't discern morality. Morality is already decided for us, right? So, like, if you're trying to figure out should you marry this girl or break up with her and you don't know, right, or get engaged and break up with her and you're discerning that and you're at a crossroads and trying to figure out what to do, right, well, then you pray about it. And I think that when it comes to making a decision, you know, is this is the idea of doing one thing over the other bringing peace? What's bringing you peace? Right. So I think that's an important thing to think about. Where where do you get peace from? Um, the other thing that I would say that's important is um, certain things. Like I remember talking to someone once and they were getting married and um they were trying to decide about, you know, where to work. And, you know, I was like, if you work in this one place and you don't like it, you can leave and go somewhere else. So a lot of times discernment, you know, you do something, you feel like that's what God's calling you to do. You do it. And it's like, this isn't working. Well, maybe God wanted you there for one reason and you thought you were there for another reason. Or maybe you, uh, God wanted you to be there and and that experience that you had will help you in the future or maybe you just misunderstood but the more you try to do what you feel like god's calling you to do the more it becomes easier to hear his voice and how the holy spirit's moving you the last question and then i want to hear an example from nolan how and this 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 is a hard question to say briefly so you could shoot it down father sean but how would you best describe the relationship of the Holy Spirit with the rest of the Trinity? Well, it's the love between the Trinity, right? The love between the Father and the Son and the Son and the Father is so intense and so strong that it's its own person, the Holy Spirit. Say that again. That was That's the first time I ever heard it put like that. So the love, God the Father loves God the Son. God the Son loves God the Father. That love is so intense and that love is so strong. That love is God the Holy Spirit. I like that. Should I have heard that before? Or am I, I don't know if I, you should have, but now you did. Now I did. So, Nolan, mm-hmm. you're frozen, so it looks like you're sleeping. Oh, I can hear him. Do you have, like, a, a grown-up? Well, you know, it doesn't have to be grown-up. What's, like, a, what's a story that you may have of when the Holy Spirit was very known to you and whether it was a decision or a a thing or something like that i'm very um stubborn when it comes to um going along with the holy spirit trusting the holy spirit and um doing 
doing and seeing and understanding his will in the in time and so any story that i have like with just cooperating with the holy spirit is usually more of like a looking back and um i would say receiving wisdom from the holy spirit to see how he was involved in and active in my life um you know so i just you know, I just think of uh, different times in my life when I was um, going through a trial or um, going through something really frustrating or very difficult and um, not really understanding why, being, again, really stubborn about it, kicking and screaming through it. But then like a year, a couple months, two years, maybe even five years, like looking back on that whole experience and being like, oh, wow, the Holy Spirit. Uh, was totally involved in that and thank god that 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 happened the way it did i think of my you know where i've been in ministry just you know starting as somebody who is uh you know going to be a teacher and you know that i got that education degree and then i went into uh, a school and it was it was working in that school that um, I had also started doing youth ministry part-time and realizing that young people needed more than just, you know, uh, math, science, social studies, and, uh, and English, you know, that, they, that, that, that uh, they, needed, they needed somebody to bring the gospel to them and, you know, turning that into a professional ministry career and then how um, that ministry career, you know, for, you know, my time in the parish, uh, then when I was a religion teacher, how I kind of had those two backgrounds, the education background and the experience of doing ministry, um, and I could teach religion in a way that I, I felt was not, um, you know, was, uh, was, wasn't just a, a regular traditional uh, means. And then uh, becoming a campus minister and understanding, again, about education and what that takes, but also providing that ministry approach. And finally, you know, to where I am, like, just one thing leading up to the next, you know, I could not have imagined, even at the time when I was making those steps, like, how does this all make sense and, and fit? And then I look back and I'm like, wow, like every step of the way was leading me, you know, to that next step. Like, and, and, I'm, and I'm confident now, although I have no idea what the future holds, obviously, but I'm confident now that because I think of my relationship with the Holy Spirit and what I know about him, and the wisdom that he's given me that what what I'm going through now, what I'm dealing with now is preparing me for something ahead. Does that answer your question or is that was that completely ducking the question? <laughs> no, that that answers the question in a in a broad sense because it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a specific example like this day I, at this time where I feel yeah. like Father Sean might have a specific example. Or I may be wrong. Let's see. <laughs> Are you looking for a specific? I know. I'm, my, my throat was getting dry. You're, uh, I, I would say like you're in. Well, I guess maybe the question is how in your discernment process to enter the seminary specifically, where did the Holy Spirit play a part in that? Well, I think there was a moment where I just felt like I finally need to do this. Right. That you can't sit back and think about it forever. That you have to go and, and, and do it. And I remember that moment was a very specific moment. It wasn't a gradual, I mean, there was a gradual progression, but there was a very specific moment where I felt like this is what I need to go uh, do. And I think that there's lots of moments where you kind of feel a tug to do something or 
to say something to somebody or like, you know, I remember having a moment um, where I was, I went to mass. I was in the seminary already. I went to mass um, and after mass was over, I was, you know, praying a little bit. And I, I just, there was somebody that I knew that um, had a, a relative that was going through a rough time. And for whatever reason, I just thought about that person. I prayed for her and I left mass, put my phone on. And when I put my phone on, um, I saw a text from my friend that said, can you please pray for this relative? So it's like, so that's a way that the, the Holy Spirit works, right? You kind of get a, a sense or feeling and then you, you want to act on it. And the more you act on those kind of specific things, the more that you start to hear his voice and to know where he's calling you, right? Um, things like, you know, when I was trying to figure out, uh, you know, who would be good for youth ministry at the parish that I was at, right? And in different moments where you have, and it seems like the Holy Spirit's leading you in one direction and then something changes and then you realize that it was to get you to a certain point so that you can do the next thing, right? You know, or whatever it may be. Um, and, and trying to figure out, well, if we do this or that, will this work, will that work? And then, you know, um, like I remember getting Ike to come to play a holy hour and most of the kids had never been to a holy hour before. So I, I made it mandatory, right? And then having them come and, and that moment unlocked doors for, for other things. And then it was like, well, how am I going to do this without having Ike there? What are the things that I could do that will, you know, and then that's how I met uh, Claire and Josh. And it was like, you know, just different things that these things happen and these moments happen and you have to jump on them and realize that God is working with you. It was never, it's never usually like you have a moment where, yeah, I'm thinking this person, I pray for this person. Okay. That's a big kind of thing. And then you have the little moments where it was like, I did this holy hour and you know, I heard this girl singing very loud during the holy hour and she had a good voice. I figured out who it was. I talked to her and I said, would you be willing to sing? And she was like, yeah, but I don't play an instrument. And then, but my fiance is moving here. And then like the rest is history from there. So it's like, I feel like I should reach out to her and, and talk to her and, and ask her if, if she'd be willing to help us with X, Y, and Z. And then it just one thing leads to another. I do think it's you said it before. It's it's about asking that question: Is this a good thing? That's something I know I I don't ask myself enough, because I know that I've got promptings, and I feel like any specific story I have with the Holy Spirit, however great or small, like it's, I almost feel like the Holy Spirit is working despite me, which probably <laughs> is not theologically correct, because I I know that. You know, God wants us to cooperate with him and he allows us our freedom and our free will. But, um, you know, we have to have that moment where we say, is this a is this a good thing? Is this, you know, is what I'm being asked something that's going to give God glory and going to build up his kingdom? And, you know, if we can answer that question very easily, yes, then I think it's safe to say it's from God. And if it's not from God, then there's not going to be any negative consequences, right? Right. If you're doing something that's good with good intentions in the right circumstances, right, then you don't have to worry if, if it doesn't work or God wasn't really pulling you in that direction. You're not doing anything immoral. 
And then when it's not working, you may realize, oh, wait a minute, I should have been doing this instead. How about you, Justin? You got any specific examples? I would say my um, move to Nashville might stand out in a sense of it was a a struggle of like, should I do this? Should I not do this? I'm, I obviously love being home and I loved my job at the church and all that different stuff. But in, in praying with it and feeling peace with it, it was kind of like, all right, maybe, maybe I should make that move. Um, and it has worked out thus far. And I think it's similar to like if, and when we move back home, um, it'll be that same kind of process, you know, that's more of a, a bigger, broader example, but I was going to say, um, that I think that's kind of why, and father Sean could correct me if I'm wrong, but like in terms of having a relationship with God, the father, God, the son and the Holy spirit, it's sort of like if we aren't in constant communication in prayer and reading scripture and receiving the sacraments when you can, it's kind of like you don't necessarily know what peace feels like or you think about peace or if you are praying to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we just want to be like, well, just tell me what the right thing to do is and I'm going to do that. But if you don't have that constant communication, then that's not – I would say that's probably not how it works. Would you agree? Well, it can work that way because God can work in spite of us, right? And if he really wants us to do something, he's going to keep putting things in our presence to make us do those things, to choose to do those things. He's not going to force us to do them. So uh, in that sense, I think that, you know, even if we make mistakes and don't do the thing that maybe we were supposed to do, God could either, you know, prompt someone else to do it or give us that opportunity another time to do it what's that what's that joke where there's there was a flood oh yeah and then and the guy's like the the guy comes in a truck and says you know get in the truck and i'll take you to safety he said god's gonna save me then the then the street gets flooded and the boat comes and says come in and i'll take you to safety he said god's gonna save me then he's on the roof because the flood is so bad that a helicopter comes and says, get on. And, and he says, God's going to save me. Then he drowns, goes to heaven, and he says to God, why didn't you save me? He said, I said a truck, I said a boat, and I said a helicopter. What else did you want me to do? That's an old joke. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of but a good, in that. It's a lot of wisdom in that. But a good one. Well, I think that was a, a nice uh, discussion. I think just to add, though, like, that, like what you were saying about the um, – about prayer like i i know i know like in times of my life when i am praying more and more regularly and consistently i know i'm much more prepared to receive those inspirations and understand those inspirations yes you know, that, or at least dis- discern them i should say yeah it's not to say that god can't do something but I, I feel yeah, well, like if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, you can miss everything that God's trying to do. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think we all f- fall susceptible to that sometimes. Yeah, uh, you have to be connected and you have to it's it's again, it's a relationship. So um, just like with a relationship with a person, you you know what you have a better sense of what people are asking of you and expecting of you and anticipating of you the closer you are with them and the the more there, there's a relationship there. It's the same way with God. And that's why I'm excited to get back to 
mass in the Eucharist and things like that because it's definitely you feel you feel the the its absence you know so Forget I'll let you guys know how it is I'll wear I'll be wearing my mask two masks because that's what the pastor said you only take it off when you see the Eucharist but I wonder are you allowed to receive on the tongue I I think they suggest not to but like I've asked Father Sean before you kind of can't not right they can't tell you that you're not allowed to but if they ask you not to and you feel comfortable not to it's not bad listening yeah but I'm saying if someone sticks their tongue out at you you have to yeah, yeah, you can't re- deny someone the Eucharist for that yeah. reason. Anything else to add there, Nolan? No. I'm, I'm excited about next week's episode. I think we'll have a lot to talk about. Yes, next week will be good. But I thought this was a solid podcast episode, not to toot our own horn in the middle of the podcast, but I feel like we're back. We do very little tooting of horns on this show. so I think. Yeah, I don't think I've ever tooted a horn in my life. I've never tooted, yeah, only a saxophone. We are the ultimate self-deprecators. So Celtic, but I'm like, I I feel I feel good about this one. What do you think, Father Sean? I don't know. It usually I have to wait until we edit it, until I edit it to really be able to tell. Oh, all right. If I'm not well. miserable while I'm editing it, then I know that it was a good episode. <laughs> well, let it's, us that's know. That's not a. That's not a good sign that you have been miserable editing it. Yeah, there's before. been some episodes where I've just been like, this is this is not our best. But you know what? I think we're back. I think so. If we were ever, ever there. If we were ever there. So to to all you four faithful listeners, we're back. We back. Until this well, all bet. ends and we have to go back to our regular lives and don't record anymore. Well, oh, don't say uh, that. Let's, let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> that we don't go back to our regular lives? No. no. I there's got to be a way for you two bing bongs to figure out when to sit in an office together, right? We gotta have the it's best not usually world. us that's the problem. Everyone everyone here has different busyness. It's not just like you're sitting around doing nothing, Justin, and you're waiting for us. Yeah, but part of the problem was... Well, yeah, it's all, it was all our fault. I'm not... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was everyone's fault. There's plenty of blame to go around. That's right, so... Back when when 2022 rolls around and we start going back to normal, then so we still have a year and a half left of, of this. That's good to know. I'm just kidding. All right, Father Sean, end it. God bless everyone who listened to this podcast. You've been listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. See you next time.